welcome to another edition of the In Search SEO Podcast, where we paint the town red with search marketing insights. Superstar here with us today as the wonderfully wonderful Jenny Hallis chats up all about Google's ability to offer nuanced results on the SERP. Is Google living up to the hype? Does it consistently offer clear and nuanced results? How is the whole bird thing working out up until this point? And where are the gaps in Google's interpretation skills? And what does that mean for your site? Plus, we break down how Google's using its entity understanding for story expansion that is pure marketing genius. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by the adroit, by the intransigent, Sapir Carabello. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. I just want to share our pre-conversation that we had. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) I said to Sapir, I just watched a beautiful day in the neighborhood with Tom Hanks about Mr. Rogers, and I've been on a Mr. Rogers kick ever since. And she's like, Mr. Rogers, who cares? She doesn't want – I said, oh, you have to watch this video. Mr. Rogers hugs a wonderful child, and he sees him 40 years I later on stage, that. and it's a wonderful moment, and he says a genuine angel. I'm like, this is a man <laughs> who they said that he died because God needed a neighbor. And you're like, yeah, I don't care. I don't even know who that you is. You were, though. like, talking about, oh, <laughs> let's just watch the Grammys and BTS. I'm like, B- BTS versus Mr. Rogers? Seriously? Oh, my God. You know, I'm going to have a very Mr. Rogers moment, and I'm going to say that you we like Mr. you Rogers. just I'm as you watch are. BTS as that's... flawed as you are, we still like you. <laughs> Thank you, Morty. You're welcome. <laughs> Do not forget, we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO Podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on SoundCloud, you can find it on Stitcher, you can find it on Spotify, and you can find it on the Rink Ranger blog. And you, of course, can subscribe and should subscribe and hopefully will subscribe on iTunes. Also, do not forget that Rank Ranger not only offers one keyword research tool, not two keyword research tools, not only three keyword research tools, we have an entire suite of keyword research tools goodies oh also because of the whole featured snippet snafu that's going on we'll get to that do not forget that rain grinder offers a multitude of featured snippet reporting and we do count featured snippets as the top organic result in your rank tracking okay um had a great chat with jenny hallis we've graded google's nuance performance it's like a report card on google if you want to call it that but before we hand out report cards I want to take you on a trip that is Google's rapidly evolving understanding of entities and its convergence with Google as the ultimate, ultimate, ult, I can't get the word, ultimate marketing beast on the planet. Yes, we are going down another freaking SEO wormhole. Alrighty. So Google has um, this thing called the Google story. You ever seen it appear? No. No. Like Mr. Rogers, no. It's very much like an Instagram story, but it appears where? It appears on the Google SERP. Duh. Oh, Oh, yes. Okay, so, okay, let me give you an example. It's been around for a while now, and it's been related to people like Mr. Rogers. Okay, so let's say you you Google, um, let's take a shot at somebody. Okay, let's say you Google Tom Brady of the New England Patriots. He's a famous quarterback, married to Giselle, whatever her last name is, can't pronounce it. 
Uh, oh, you don't know. You know who she is, right? I, can you just like not talk about sports? For, I'm like, talking about models, Giselle, whatever her last name is, Bunchman, Bunchin, Bunchin. She's married to Giselle. Tom Brady is married to Giselle, whatever her last name is. Oh, I just know she was with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> evidently like 20 years ago because they have like a 12-year-old kid. Anyway. So if you Google Tom Brady, you'll get a knowledge panel. And in the knowledge panel, you'll see a card called See His Life in Images. And then when you click on that, you get an overlay of story awesomeness that shows multiple cards, multiple story cards, showing all the times that Tom Brady has cheated over the years. Oh, my God. Stop it. Stop what? Stop. Stop. I don't know. I'm talking about sports. It's, I'm talking about Google using – okay. Here's another um, non-sports example. Take an actor. Thank you. Okay? I'm okay. someone you probably have no idea who they are. Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Tell me he you've have, seen he, he In the Name of the like, Father, James My Left Foot, right? Gangs yeah. of New York, uh, Lincoln, Wait, not, There what? Will Be Blood. Nothing. Okay. Daniel Day-Lewis oh, – what, wasn't he with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in that one movie? Gangs, Gangs of, New of New York. Yes, I yeah, said that. I you missed it. it. Yeah. You're going too slow. I cannot. Okay, by the way, I never. Okay. I felt. I almost fell asleep in that movie when I first saw it. Years later, I better appreciated it. Anyway, so you said you click. It, let's say you search for Daniel Day Lewis, one of the greatest actors of our generation. You're like, I think I know him, maybe. You'll get a, you know a background on on his on his history and some of his career highlights, and it, it's pretty much the same for all famous people. You get a little bit of background on who they are, you know where they came from, sort of thing, and then you get the career highlights, and that makes sense because that's what we want to know about famous people. But Google has recently expanded its stories. Well, I actually expanded it over the summer, and yeah, we're going to talk about sports again because Google created a a continuously evolving live story for Major League Baseball games. So basically, let's say you're watching the games halfway over, you would see the highlights in different cards of what happened up to that point as the game kept going, or keeps going, hopefully this season will do the same thing, you'll have more cards added until you have the complete story for that game. So it's pretty amazing. Absolutely amazing. Whether or not you like sports, don't like sports, it's an absolutely amazing thing to see this like ever-growing, live-growing Google story. Anyway, that aside... Google has very recently expanded its stories to cover animals and bugs, like lions, giraffes, and bees. It's a five-year-old's wonderland. Wow. Very cool. Now, what do you think Google shows here? What content about lions or bees does Google show? How should I know? I don't know. I'm asking you to guess. I'm asking you to guess. Listen, I, unlike you, have actually have a life, so I don't Google lions and bees in my spare time. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe so with that life, you can research who Mr. <laughs> freaking Rogers is. Anyway. Anyways, you Won't tell you? me. I'll tell you. About Mr. Rogers? <laughs> no, oh, about what should be in a, a knowledge panel, um, Google story, rather, for lions. Yes. Yes. Um, well, Google could go different ways with this. It can go very informational. Like straight up information, like lions live in Africa. Lion, the, the genus is uh, a pathera. If I did, probably didn't say that right. I looked it up before. I still can't say it right. And blah 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 blah. But it doesn't. Do you know why? 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 Because it's boring. <laughs> okay. Boring. <laughs> it doesn't work for the entity. Hey, Google knows that. The same type of information that works for sports stars, for celebrities, for whoever doesn't work for animals. Like sports fans love stats. 
But that's not what people are looking for with animals. If you were to see a Google story about animals, about lions, roar. Oh, my God. What would you want to see, Sapir? Um, I don't know. Lions courting rituals? That's perverted, but okay. <laughs> that's that's what you, you want to see. Oh, you want to see? I see. It's, mm-hmm. it's romantic. You want to okay? see lion coitus. That's, that's basically what you're telling me. That's Courting? perverse. What? No. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> you just want to see the courting part without the lion sex. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's very romantic. It is. And bizarre. Um, <laughs> you know what Google does in reality? Other, you know, doesn't show you that for good reason. It offers you five fun facts, like the the, the heaviest lion weighed eight hundred and twenty six pounds, and so forth. Google, wow, it is interesting, right? Google gets the entity right. It knows. And this is important, by the way, this is important for sites that deal directly with entities. Pay attention to what I'm telling you here. Google knows what sort of content fits for the entity. So you might have, okay, so think about it for your site. You might have the most fact-filled piece of content filled with every stupid scientific detail about lions and this site may have an amazing backlink profile and it may be super fast and it may be super technically optimized and yada yada freaking yada and it won't rank or have a very hard time ranking on page one because that's not how google sees the entity what what (laughs) that was very uh, that was verbose what okay um, when you Google um, lion animal, I you okay. have to I have to Google animal because otherwise I will get the football team. Okay, yeah, okay, like okay. bears. You have to do bears animal. Okay, there are nine. There are nine organic sites that rank for the query. At least when I did it. Okay. Okay. Six of them. Two thirds of the organic. Ranking sites on page one for the term lion's animal. Target kids specifically with what? Lots of boring information? No, with fun facts. Google's not dumb. It knows exactly what it's doing. No kidding. Yes, no kidding. I'm not kidding. It knows the entity. (laughs) It knows what's meant to be viewed and by whom. Even adults love animal fun facts. Right? I'm pretty sure it's just you, Morty. No, okay, no. You don't like animal... What is wrong with... (laughs) You know, that's two strikes. That's two strikes. The no Mr. Rogers things, and you don't like animal fun facts. I hope we don't get the strike three today, because I I just... I'll be be depressed for for the rest of the day. We do. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't want that. No, we don't. Why would you want me to be depressed? (laughs) That's weird. I'm just saying. Uh We wouldn't want that. No, right. I don't know. Are you being sarcastic? No. No, (laughs) of course I'm being serious. Okay. Google knows the entity. It knows what people want from that entity. And it aligns the story and the organic results to meet that specific understanding of the entity. It knows, Google knows that people, when it deals with animals, want cool, fun information. So that's why it's what ranks on page one of the SERP. And that's why it's what it shows in the Google story and not just your general scientific facts. So if you're going to deal with, let's say, okay, let's say you deal with an entity directly. Let's say you deal with animals or whatever it is. 
You have to know how Google looks at that from the lens of intent. How does Google understand this entity in terms of what people want from it? And then for animals, it's that people want fun information. So you should add some fun information onto your, onto your, onto your page. And by the way, all of this leads to Google being a freaking marketing genius. What do you mean? Okay, so why, why are these stories showing up? Why is Google showing these stories? To keep people inside its own properties now. Yes, good answer. I knew you were going to say that. Um, everyone <laughs> says that. Okay, That's the most common yeah. answer to all these sort of questions. Oh, because Google wants to keep you in their own ecosystem. Google hates websites. Google was da 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 No. <laughs> okay, to me, these stories are all about psychological impact. Google is... A f- you know, it wants users to think that Google is a fun and interactive place to get info from. It's easier to see with the animals, but it works for celebrities as well. Okay, you see a story about the lions, and you are entertained. Go Google this and find this story and watch it. It's like watching a TV show. You feel the warmth of properly being entertained. There is a reciprocal response of warmth and affection to being properly entertained, just like when you watch Mr. Rogers. And this is what sets Google apart from other search engines. I think about it, okay? Google's understanding the psyche. And it's understanding how it can capitalize on it. Where does Bing do that? Right, Bing doesn't even get content right. Bing is so worried about getting content right that it is not worried about understanding the deeper, um, the, the depth of the psyche and how to capitalize on that. And that is pushing Google so far past, so much deeper than anybody else. Not only that, but Google is targeting children here. And that's brilliant. Get them while they're young. Build up that association that Google is a fun, interactive source of content, information, and entertainment. It's brilliant marketing. It really is. It capitalizes on the deeper inner workings of the mind and the psyche. It's marketing without marketing because they're not advertising this. They're not saying, watch this. It's totally subliminal, and that is genius. And you're not going to say anything. <laughs> I have nothing to say. It's genius. Speechless. Right. Genius. It's just spacing out <laughs> on me. It's freaking genius. Freaking genius. Right. Yeah. Oh, you're doing this silent Mr. Rogers thing. Like, you know, live in the silence. I get it. I, I understand. I understand. Okay. okay. From what's genius to what's not so genius as far as Google is concerned, here's Jenny Hallis on how good Google is at being nuanced with its search results. Cut one. Welcome to another In Search SEO Podcast interview exclusive session. Today, we have a most familiar face for you. She's a famed industry speaker, an expert author. She is the president of JLH Marketing. She is Jenny Hallis. Welcome. Hi, Morty. Thanks for that great introduction. Wow. I aim to please and flatter. (laughs) Uh, I got to butter you up a little bit before we get into the, uh, the heart of the matter. So you've been doing SEO forever, and we could talk about that. But forever, forever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean it in a bad way, only in a good way. We could also talk about the fact that you have one of the most outspoken um, social media um, voices that I've ever seen. And I love it, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. I, uh, I get a lot of flack for that. Really? But, uh, 
I believe in being honest and being authentic. And that's cool. I, I mean, is it passionate about everything? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it hard to be so vulnerable on social media like that? Because I sometimes I, I do not try to talk about politics because I don't think it's going to go well. I try to avoid this topic or that topic, but you just kind of go for it, which I'm, I'm very much in awe of. Oh, thank you. Um, I've, I've actually heard that from probably more people than I've heard tell me to shut up. That's good. So. That's good. <laughs> that says something. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm very passionate about the subjects that I talk about on social media, but at the same time, there's always a person behind that other Twitter handle. And I've had some people say that I have attacked them or I have attacked other SEOs and that's really not me. Um, I, I might bring up a point and say, let's talk about it, but I'm really more interested in a healthy, constructive debate than just fighting with people. Right. Which is like so funny because I, I'm okay with pretty much any, well, not every, but most positions out there, as long as there's like a relatively calm, toned down conversation about it. It's just a conversation. No one's gonna, no one's gonna die over it. But yeah, exactly. it sort of turns into these, these. I don't know what you want to call them, like poo fights almost. Everyone's just like throwing crap yeah. at each other, and it's pretty terrible. Yeah, it it really can be. Um, I I tend to try to just walk away from those kinds of arguments, um, and I know that I'm not going to change anybody's mind. Right, um, right. People have their minds made up. I'm more interested in what do you know that I don't know that I should be considering in my position. That's cool. And I think a lot of people don't get that. Right. It is it is it is like a weird time in history. I'm as a history person, I want to come back in like 50 years from now and see like how do we interpret this because this is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great I, time I to be a historian. Imagine what the history books Holy are going to say about the last macro. 8 years. Unbelievable. <laughs> Well, there's no sign of it slowing down. So let's talk about SEO and Google. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some strong opinions about that. Too. That's that's also good. <laughs> that's perfect for a podcast. That's exactly what we want. The stronger, the better. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about BERT and search results and the nuance of search results and what's working, what's not working, and how BERT's affecting everything or not affecting anything, depending on how you look at it. Um, but let's sort of get everybody caught up on the same page, on the same speed. Uh, what is BERT and, and how should it be or how do we think it impacts search results? So BERT, and I'm not going to remember the acronym oh, right now. no, me neither. Transformers we, is the last thing because I know because Transformers was my favorite cartoon as a kid. Yes. So, right. Yes. So T for Transformers. Transformers is the last word. That's and right. And the first word is bi-directional. Right, right. I knew that too. Which is super important. So 50% um, is not bad. Yeah, it's like bi-directional encoding Coding for representation right yeah <laughs> so the the idea behind it is that it makes language more accessible um it makes it easier for a machine to understand language the bi-directional piece of it is the really significant part because instead of just looking at the words that surround another word on a page to get the intent, it can go forwards and backwards to try and figure out what it is that it means in that context. Right. The technology itself is completely awesome and very exciting, but the BERT algorithm in Google it leaves a little bit to be desired. Okay, so what do you mean by that? Because that's, that's, that's a lead on right there. 
<laughs> yeah, I think that um, I, I always tell my clients, you want to optimize for where Google wants to be, not where they are. And it's been really true with this, with these core updates and, and this BERT algorithm that rolled out. And essentially, I think, you know, there are some queries that Google's doing really well at. Um, and those are the ones that they hold up and say, hey, it's working. This is great. <laughs> and then there are other queries that just really don't get to the intent of the search. I have a really good example. Oh, good. Because I, I know we were messing around with this. And I'm, I'm thinking in my head, like, I know a good example of this. And I can't remember it. So I'm glad you do. So I, I actually tweeted about this one. Um, I think it was last week. Uh, one of the, one of my fellow SEOs, uh, who is also in business for themselves, said, hey, does anybody know a good collections agency? Unfortunately, if you're in business for yourself, that's kind <laughs> of a, you know, at some point, you're probably going to deal with a collections agency. So I said, yeah, I used one like four years ago, and um, they were really great, but I don't remember the name of them. So I went to Google and typed in collections agency i thought well, i'll get something that's useful, a good start right? that's a good start a collections agency that's what google's for and i'm thinking if i see the name of the company i'll recognize it and then i can tell him unfortunately when i did the search collections agency it was just like an entire page of ads and all of the ads were for um brokers where you put in your information of what you need and what type of business you have, what type of collection you need to do, that sort of thing. And then they match you with potential collections agencies. That was not what I was looking for. So I modified my query to hire a collections agency. Logical. Maybe if I'm more specific, it won't give Quite logical. <laughs> this was all articles about how to hire a collections agency, when to hire a collections nice, agency. Nice, nice. Whether you should hire one when you're a small business and what's the difference. And, and like, again, not a list of collections agencies. That's really interesting because with that sort of buy or commerce intent, so Google loves offering review sites. And I always think that's a great thing because I always want to know about yeah. an insurance policy or whatever it is, except I never think about when you actually want to buy something. That kind of sucks. Yeah. Right. When you're just like, right. I just want to hire a collections agency. I really don't care which one. <laughs> I just need one. Let me take the first one on Google. No, you can't do that. And then what really drove it home for me is under the people also ask, there was a, how do I find a collections agency? this is going to be what I need, right? It's going to say I Google. Click on it, yeah. I clicked on it and I opened it up and it's how to find which collections agency you owe. Oh, Ooh, that's good. That's so good. <laughs> it's just like, this is a five-star example of why this is not working. That's amazing. That's what intent goes too far. Yeah, and it's just... It's one of those things where I've been telling my clients, most of them are more like enterprise size clients. They can handle a little dip in organic, mostly just telling them, you know, just hang in there. Google right. is going to figure this out. We're not going to change our strategy to become brokers or anything like that. We're just going to keep hanging tight. It's going to get figured out. But 
I've had plenty of clients and prospective clients who are like, you know, this is, uh, this is my livelihood. Yeah. And, um, I'm really sorry, <laughs> but if you've got all of your traffic wrapped up in organic search, you're already in trouble. That's already a, that's a major no-no, a major yeah. no-no, especially yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, it's the same as if you have, um, a little clothing store and there's a flood. Right. If you don't have something else coming in, <clears throat> whether it's, you know, wholesalers or, um, so, you know, something online with social or advertising or organic search, you know, or, or paid, you just, you, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that is. I don't know why. I mean, I, maybe it's cause it's free. We just rely, oh, SEO is great. It's the panacea of all things. But how could you put all of your eggs in one basket like that? Yeah, no, it's a really bad idea. Yeah. Particularly if you get if you hit by a core update, that now what? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I mean I've got a I've got a health client, a hospital system that I work with. And they have not this one's this is another thing that I think is really interesting. They really haven't lost any positions in terms of where they're ranking, but because of featured snippets and knowledge graph and all the other things, they are getting pushed down. And so their organic traffic has gone down significantly. But to get those featured snippets spots, they would have to basically become a health library. Right. Um, and so they'd have to become like a WebMD or a, um, a Healthline or something like that. And they're like, we don't want to do that. We don't want to educate people about what cancer is. We want to treat them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating for sure. Because if you need, you know, if you need a great cancer surgeon in, in, the area that they're in, you, you want that hospital. They're world renowned for treating certain types of cancer, but you do a search like cancer, like, you know, this right. specific type of cancer surgery, skull based tumor or something like that. You get all of these sites that tell you what it is, not how to treat it or how to find a surgeon or if your insurance is accepted or anything like that. At what point, though, does Google does Google say to itself, "Great, we're targeting multiple intents." So, on this, you're trying to find a, some kind of cancer surgeon or whatever it is. So, we'll show you um, all about your cancer and all about the surgery and how to pick the right one, and what maybe there'll be a spot or two for the actual surgeon themselves. At what point does the diversity become a problem with personalization? Like, I, I don't want that. I want the surgeon, or I want the review. I don't want the surgeon. How is it able to both do diversity and personalization at the same time? Because I feel like they're, it's heading to a point where it's going to be stuck. If I could solve that problem, I would create my own search engine and <laughs> never take Google. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it is a really big problem. And I think that, you know, when you when you add in the personalization element, certainly there's map listings. That's ideally where my client wants to be. Right. But what's happening is so many of these searches don't have map listings on them anymore. Right. Or they have them at the bottom of the page where you don't even yeah. see it. They become these health library searches. Yeah. And 
little too much I, on the EAT authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's frustrating. Even I, you know, I have um, a couple of different autoimmune conditions, and if you've ever had autoimmune, you know that doctors really don't know what causes them or how to treat them. So you really have to go into the more alternative medicine. Oh, forget area that. Google hates to, that. To try to address it. Right. And they're suppressing all of that it's content in it's favor hard. of, I shouldn't say suppressing. They're not suppressing. Let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can get into that. Ricola wasn't penalized. Right, right, um, right. I love that, by the way, on his website says, you know, why Google doesn't like me. Right. Yes, yes that's no. hilarious. Google doesn't care about right. any specific site. What they care about is surfacing good peer-reviewed content. But the problem with that in the healthcare industry is that some of the best content and some of the best studies come from yeah. observational evidence. And if we don't have that, you know, well, this worked but it's not you know fda approved then we don't ever grow and improve as a society in terms of our healthcare my wife is into this she's a nurse and she yeah. li yes and she likes alternative medicine practices if she's not anti it's people view it as like it's one or the other either I'm a mainstream medicine person or I like all the alternative medicine stuff I'm not a medicine person. I hate the doctor. So I'm like the worst person. About, I faint at the doctor, which is ironic that I married a nurse. But anyway, it's not one or the other. My wife is a mainstream nurse. She practices mainstream medicine, whatever you want to call it. And she also likes the homeopathic sort of remedies at the same time. And there'll be points where she's like, I can't find what I'm looking for. It's a pain in the neck. But mm -hmm. is that because there are so many problems or so many issues with some of the content on these sites that Google's gone a little bit too extreme, but for good reason, or is Google really in the wrong? It's like a fine line. That's a good question. Yeah, it really is a fine line. I think that, um, well, I have one client who's kind of alternative medicine. It's, uh, they, they provide exercises to help you through injuries as opposed to, um, you know, just taking an leave every day, right. um, that sort of thing, um, geared toward using exercise as a way to cure a lot of different ills, which is fine unless you have a fracture or something. <laughs> so that was that was one of the things that we talked about was, you know, you've got this and it's great and a lot of people like it, but you need to offer that first step of oh, that's interesting. Don't do this if you have this type of pain or this type of swelling or, you know, link them to another page. Um, the, the guy who offers the exercises is him, is a medical physician. Right. But, um, I don't think he does a really good job of differentiating where the traditional medicine and ends and the alternative medicine starts. This is what happens when you get stuck in ruts about I think this and that's all wrong and I think this and that's all wrong yeah. and then yeah. you get you get your rankings killed that way. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so where does Bert fit into all of this? Or does it fit into all of this? I mean it fits into this as that's that's really the ideal. Right. It's, I mean get to that point where the search engines can use the technology 
the way it's intended to be used to identify <laughs> what's intent. real, right? <laughs> Which is it's just so funny, by the way. They, Google says, "Oh, only ten percent of all queries are influenced by or are affected by BERT." But Google looks at every single piece of web content and includes BERT as part of that. I just saw an article. I think it was today. John Mueller said the same thing. We use BERT to look at web content. So yeah, BERT mm-hmm. impacts the query itself ten percent of the time, but. All web pages have content on it. Most of it, well, not all. Most web pages have content on it. So Bert's applicable to that. So Bert's applying to everything. But it's funny though, because at a certain point, like we don't really know what Bert's going to be. Imagine Rank Brain 2016. So it's meant to do X, Y, and Z, but we have no idea what Google is going to do with it. And only looking back now, okay, here's how it worked out. But well, and frankly, it was really messy when it. Yeah, first it was really messy. We were complaining about all the same things. Because it's machine learning. It's meant to learn and improve and refine and recalibrate and go forward. Right. Yeah. Which right. is like a funny thing. Like we kind of forget the machine learning part when we talk about the machine learning properties. Bird came out. Your rankings are all going to change in three seconds flat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Everything's going to be perfect. Right. Right away. Or havoc in three seconds. Either way, it's yeah. all going to be in three seconds. Well, when we get into like the machine learning aspect of things... I do believe that the machines are learning some of the wrong things, that there are some inputs that are occurring that are not, that are not helping, that may even be hurting. Interesting. Um, Anything in particular? I think there's there's some noise there. Well, people talk about like click through, right? Right. Um, Click through from Google. Um, And Yes, there have been studies that show that temporarily a very high click-through can push you up a couple of spots, but it's not something you can sustain that you should go out and hire some company to click, <laughs> click on your, on your list, site. You know, over and over and over again. No, 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 like, uh, do you remember Mechanical Turk? No. Like, it was a thing where you could hire uh, people from all over the world to just click, click on, on stuff. Brilliant. Like, uh, like click fraud. <laughs> Which yeah, is still happening, but yeah. It absolutely was. Um, it's brilliant. People think, think of like everything. This anymore. But I mean, stuff like that, that, that type of gaming, like it's just never going to be a sustainable thing. Right. But to get back to my point, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> <laughs> that we, we love digression here. So that, that click through from Google, a lot of people will just click on the first result they see. That doesn't necessarily mean that it was good or bad for the query or that if they bounce back to the search results right away, that that necessarily means that's a bad result. Um, I think that um, there's a lot of query refinement that happens. People do studies. um, I think it it was Rand Fishkin did one where he said, I think 50% of all queries right don't get a don't result in a click click. my question is how much of that is due to query refinement Mm -hmm. um which i suspect it's a lot yeah it's probably a lot and that's something that you would never know unless you were actually controlling the search results and looking at those analytics i had so things like that that, i think uh, studies like that i think lead us down the wrong path i i so agree with you on that but there's yeah. so much nuance in that. And so, first off, it's I would I would imagine it's very query specific. I was speaking to um I was speaking at um a conference for technical writers, and mm-hmm. we were talking about this, 
and they don't seem to have a problem because if you're looking up a complicated set of instructions and it shows up in a feature snippet with eight steps, you're still going to click on the full thing. It's not enough. So it really depends on the vertical, the type of the query. I think there's so much nuance. I'm very curious to know what sort of keywords were included in that data set. Was it very much high search volume? You know, what's playing at the cinema? Because yeah, like I don't, I don't click on anything for that. Or what was the Steelers score? Well, there's no Steelers. They got kicked out of the playoffs. Rather, they didn't even make the playoffs. But when they were in season, I don't go to ESPN for a score. I just look at Google. But there's so I don't think that reflects the average user. Right. I, I do many queries. I do some queries like that. I do many queries that are very specific and very nuanced where I'm not going to get that many search features. Right. And I think that that's something that as an industry we have to get a lot better at. Yeah. That kind of, okay, this is, this is interesting. And mm-hmm. thanks for doing the study. This is cool. But can I ask some questions about it? <laughs> you know? No. No question. No, that's no. exactly it. It's There's very like interesting. Lines are drawn. Yes, it's very weird. And it's very personal. I don't get I it. I mean, I I got raked over the coals because I dared to suggest that Google not link directly to SEOs. Right. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. I, I, it's, it's, and then I got told I was, you know, attacking all of these other people that had been linked to, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, as an industry, can we have a conversation here? It's getting bad. This, this challenge. You know what? I wrote an article about it. It's on my blog. Okay, I'll link to it. Okay, and and it is the most read and highest time on site blog that I have ever written <laughs> in my entire career. So and good. it has almost zero social engagement. That's also interesting. That is interesting. I find the same thing. I have these posts that do really well, but not on social media. Well, this one I am absolutely convinced but that makes because everybody sense. read it, but everybody's afraid, afraid to, to talk about it. There are many things. I will admit this. Um, because of my job, there are certain things I feel like I can or can't say. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because they're not horrible things. Mm-hmm. They may be border on conspiracy theories about Google. Fine. Okay. <laughs> Is that the worst thing? No. But why do I feel like I can't say it? Yeah. That sucks. Well, I mean, one of the things that... I wrote in that article is questioning Google is not a new thing for me. Right. I've been doing this for the last <laughs> at least 10 years. I have dozens of articles out there where I have said, Google, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. You know, it, it's our job. There's nothing wrong with question. it. There, no, no one gets hurt from questioning Google. I mean, obviously, you, there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it, but that's sure, neither like here nor there. there. Saying, you, know, you guys suck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's very nuanced. <laughs> Speaking of nuance. Gosh. But this is an area that really is, is baffling to I, me. Why we would not want to question each other and offer constructive criticism so that we can improve. There, there's so much. I, I think there's so much jockeying for for position. Almost, no, no pun intended yeah. in that, right? I'm trying to make a name for myself, or I already have a name. I'm trying to maintain that name, so I have to market myself as X, or I have to market myself as Y. 
which is like, come on, at a certain point, like you just you have to be a little bit real. Yeah. And why is that a problem? I don't know. I don't. I don't, so, I don't really get an answer. Listen, I mean, like, this is gonna this is gonna segue into politics just a little that, bit, that's and cool. then it's gonna come back. Okay. But it's about privilege. Okay. So you understand the concept of privilege, yes. right? That some of us have more ability to talk about things and to do things than others because of our race or our sex or our socioeconomic background, whatever it may be. Yep. I am an independent woman. I work for myself. I've made a name for myself. I've worked really hard to do that. And I, at this point, consider not not just me, but but some of us who've been in the industry a really long time and have seen things all the way back to, say, Florida, um, <laughs> you know, um, I think that we have a responsibility to the industry to keep it moving forward. And from my perspective, I'm, I have the privilege to be able to say some of these things on social media because I don't have to worry about getting fired. Right. I don't have to worry about people just saying, oh, she is just like, we're not going to talk to her anymore. Yep. You know? And um, and I've seen that, by the way, on Twitter. I, I, people say, I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm done with you. Yeah. Like, what? I've I've been blocked by a couple of people. <laughs> <laughs> and not because I was being mean, just because they didn't want to hear what I had to say. I've never seen you be mean on Twitter before. Thank or, you. Or off Twitter before. But Thank you. Yes. I'm not a mean no. person. No. <laughs> really not. Clearly not. <laughs> but um yeah, it's uh it, it it's my privilege, you know? I I need to use that privilege in a positive way. And whether it's getting people to talk about the mental health issues that we have in our industry, talking about getting more women in front of cameras and on stages and feeling more comfortable to work in the tech area in particular of SEO, you know, whatever it may be, I feel a, a responsibility and almost a calling to do what I can. Kudos, Just kudos. No, it, there's, there's all. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I, I, we can go into this. I don't want to go down this world too much, but there's a lot with mental health issues in the industry. There's a lot of stress and anxieties in the industry. I think a lot of it has to do, at least for me, coming from backgrounds that are not. I don't have a computer science background. I have this. I don't have this background. I have that background. But I'm doing this. I learned this. I studied this. I worked hard on this. Uh, you know, um, what's it called? I tip my tongue and I can't get it out of my mouth. Um, yeah, like imposter syndrome. imposter syndrome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Like there's such a major. I, I will admit that is a problem for me. I feel like that all the time. Like who? <laughs> that is a problem for everybody in yeah. this industry. But it's only a few people. I'll call it Nikki Moser talks about it a lot, or she has talked about it a lot in the past. There are people who talk about it, and it it's a big deal. And it should be talked about more. And I feel like there is a little bit of a stigma about about it in, in, a, in a weird sort of way. So kudos is what I'm trying to say. Thanks. You're welcome. I, I think we can begin to break down those barriers. Yeah. I hope so. Um, okay, back to Bert. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to say um, one of the ways that we do that is by giving people credit 
that if you saw something or you experienced something in this industry, we're going to listen to you and we're going to form our own opinions about it, obviously, but we're going to consider what you're seeing. And so back to Bert, the same kind of thing, right? We're seeing things that aren't matching up with intent and we're saying, hey, this is a challenge and it's very hard to get anybody to engage with you on that. Mm. Um, and I think that um, one thing, if people take nothing else away from this podcast is um, keep in mind that if your organic traffic is dropping, um, but your ranks are not changing, you are probably getting pushed down by those feed yep. snippets, those knowledge graphs. Um, and a little plug for Rank Ranger because I really love how you all do this. How the you above the fold, exactly yeah. where the piece where the piece is, and then the above the fold is priceless. It's 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 how you know how competitive you really are. So th- <laughs> by the way, thank you. I appreciate that. Tell you how great that is. Our dev team is awesome. They are. So they could, really are. They really are. They're really amazing. I I swear, like the the amount of things they push out, no one realizes it. But they're amazing, and we don't. I never. I don't think I've ever plugged the dev team on the, on the podcast. So kudos to the dev team, if you're listening. Yeah. Which I hope they are. Well, let's find out if they are next week. <laughs> yeah, kudos to the dev team. Kudos to the dev team. Um, let's see if you heard this podcast. We're gonna check on you. Well, you want to talk about like personal marketing? You right. Totally got me on this one. <laughs> so I had. I have to admit, I had never heard of Rank Ranger. That's okay. And when you said, "Hey, I need people for the podcast." Um, and I said, yeah, hey, that would be fun. Um, I, at the same time, had a client who was looking for a new tracking, for a new rank tracking system. Um, does so much more than rank tracking. But, yes, we do. But you know what I mean. Um, and um, I demoed the tool and um, asked for something specific that I don't think any of the other tools do. And... Uh, Svi, am I saying his name? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Svi was like, "Let me check on that for you because it might even be something that our developers could build." And then he came back to me a couple days later, and he was like, "Oh, it it already works that way. They already built it that way." <laughs> he's, by the way, personally, he's amazing. I love Svi. So shout out to Svi really also. Like he's so amazing. Very like super dedicated, super nice. He's there's not a cynical bone in his body, which is very odd for me because I don't know how to relate to that. But he's a really <laughs> he's a really really good guy. So I, I wanted to ask you just to sort of I don't know, sort of wrap it up on the on the on the Bert thing. What do you, what does it look like if, when Google if Google were to get it right to you? It's almost like a therapeutic sort of question. Like, what does health look like? What does SERP health look like? That's a tough one. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks different to every person. I think that's an area where personalization needs to really be even deeper than it is today. And I think you'll get some pushback from that, from people who yeah. are like, well, I don't want Google to know all this stuff about me. Newsflash. They, they already, already do. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they already know. So being able to opt in, to some things like if I could opt in to telling Google that I have certain autoimmune diseases, 
or if I could opt in to telling Google that I get ear infections all the time. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> you know, some of that stuff would be maybe a little bit better mm -hmm. suited for me as the user. Yep. And I think that that's something that they're trying to do with the voice search capabilities. Um, I know I know Microsoft at Cortana has been working on this, the ability to kind of really get to know the individual that's using the system. Right. Because once we get to the point where we can connect all of those dots, that's when search becomes truly useful. Yeah. Which makes a lot – the idea of inputting makes a lot of sense. I am always advocating for the idea that Google should relinquish a little bit of control of the SERP and let the user input on the SERP. Right? I don't want review sites. Get rid of those. I want product sites. I want local right. sites. Give me some control here. I ultimately think Google will have to do that. Otherwise, it, it's almost – personalization will become pointless at a certain point if you don't let the user opt in or give some information in whatever in whatever way it is. There's no other way that's going to be able to do it. It's going to get – what are you going to be left with? You're going to be left with uh, a set of you know um, intent diverse SERPs where you have two results about you know reviews and two local results and two that you're not going to meet anybody in the end. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that you could probably divide it into like three tabs. You know, right? One is general, yeah. one is local, one is what do others think? Yes, that's a great idea. You know, right? So one day, give the user a little bit, more a control. little bit of control, which is not Google's thing. As nope. much as they say that they, we put the we're willing. You're in charge of your search journey. Yeah, really, you're in charge, and I can't really do anything. But yeah, I'm in charge. Good marketing. Yeah, and I mean, connect some of these dots too, right? right. I have a Google Home. I have an Android phone. I have. Uh, I spend time on Google all the time. I'm always you know, logged in. Knows exactly where I went. I'm always logged in. Like, right. Connect some of these dots for yep. me. One day. <laughs> To quote my favorite. I even use Google Pay, so they know what I buy. Good. You know? <laughs> That's like serious. Like, how do they not, at that point, how do you not know? Because I'm an Amazon person. I never use any of Google's shopping experiences, <laughs> or I don't let them have any of my credit card numbers. But God bless you for letting them have that. I and mean, they should be able to personalize your shirt pretty well at this point. They're going to they're gonna get it anyway. <laughs> they're going to get it anyway. True. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't. You know what it is? I'll, I'll, it's nothing against Google. I just don't associate Google with shopping. Yeah. It just doesn't connect. Well, I, I mean, I do a lot of my shopping on Amazon. Right. And so my Alexa has learned exactly. Stop, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> my, it has learned. Oh, the uh, things that I like to buy. So right. it can recommend. You know, if I say I need laundry detergent, it can, it can, you know, tell me what the last thing I ordered was, that sort of thing. And it's sort of funny um, because Amazon, when it does that, doesn't bother people. But when Google does helpful. that, right, it's very helpful. But if Google were to do something like that, I'd be creeped out. Yeah. I think you just have to, Let I don't it. know. I've, I've always looked at privacy as an illusion. <laughs> I have four children. I have no privacy. Yeah, oh, well, I have two. So <laughs> it's same difference. It's a, just it's qualitatively just a matter of numbers at that point. I don't have I don't have a bed anymore. I don't have anything. Okay. Oh, 
<laughs> I was like, why did you sleep on the couch in your office? I'm like, because there were three children in the bed and nowhere to go. <laughs> so it goes. How old are you? Um, I have twin eight-year-olds. So we went from like oh. zero to 60 in like three <gasps> seconds flat. The best story was when we first got pregnant. So I was like, oh, my God, we're pregnant. And I was like, oh, how could you say that? This is such a happy moment. I'm like, no, this is crazy. Then when she <laughs> found out we had were having twins, I'm like, oh, great, twins. Like, one, two, what's the difference? She's like, oh, no, twins. I'm like, ha, it's reversed now. You should be seriously <laughs> happy. Uh, and then I have a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. So they're oh sort of like goodness. Irish twins, except we're not Irish. But, yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're like a I, I handful. two boys, and they're nine and 13. So, yeah, oh, boy. No, so, boys are... Like, I have all boys. Eventually, you'll get your privacy in your life back. I, I would hope at 13 they're not in my bed anymore. No, okay. no. My, uh, my 13-year-old barely wants to be hugged. Right, right. Never in public. Never in public. <laughs> it's, You're embarrassing me, Mom. It's, it's Children are something. It's like, God bless them, like the most joyous thing in the, in the world, the most frustrating thing in the world. It's every possible extreme bound up into one. My mother has always said the reason that kids are so cute is so you won't. Know. Right, right, right. <laughs> that makes sense because the little ones are really cute and they're really crazy. <laughs> okay, so I have this last thing that I want to do. It's called Optimize okay. It or Disavow. It's a game. And okay. I'm going to give you two choices. It's a zero-sum world. I mean, you could say it depends, but we discourage that if possible. And um, either two really good choices, and you have to choose one good choice over another good choice, or two really bad choices, and you're stuck choosing a bad choice over another bad choice. So this is the Jenny Hallis version of Optimize It or Disavow It. So speaking about Bert, it's, it's not that bad. You don't have to be nervous. Just a little bit. Speaking about Bert, if you had the choice to invest in 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 doing either um, optimizing for voice search or optimizing your audio content with the notion that Bert will better understand audio transcriptions or Bert will help Google better understand voice queries, which one do you favor? I would favor voice queries. Um I don't think there's really anything you can do right this minute to optimize for voice. Right. Um, like anybody who's trying to sell you that is, is snake oil. That was one of my um, top five falling your face trends of 2020. Optimize for voice search. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Go yeah, ahead. I would, I would optimize for voice search because I think that um, uh, podcasting is certainly having a moment. Yeah. I mean, we are seeing so many great are. podcasts and people are loving them and consuming them like candy. Um, but voice search, I think, has a longer term, a, a longer life span. Um, I fully expect us to get at some point to the point where we, we don't even use keyboards. It's like that Star um, Trek four movie where they go, oh, the keyboard. How quaint. You know they right. you know they don't teach keyboarding in, in high school anymore? Oh really? Mm-mm. They still teach like social studies and science in high school? Yeah, they That's do. That's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, um they don't yeah, they don't wow. teach 
keyboarding. I guess I make who like every even my little kids, my my eight year olds are they're they're okay on a keyboard. Yeah, and and my kids are are okay at it too. But like the the traditional QWERTY keyboard is Gone. is going the way of the right. dodo because they that's interesting typing on iPads thumbs. and with their thumbs right. and doing swipe on the phone. Um, <laughs> I mean, be... my kids. My kids still make fun of me because I type on my phone with two thumbs instead of swiping. <laughs> there, there's going to be a point in time where physical therapists are going to have to do major work on people's thumbs in the next like 30, know, 40 right? years. It's like a, if you want a good niche to get into, that's it. <laughs> Chiropractic of the thumbs. <laughs> I'm a thumb specialist. Uh, yeah. So definitely voice, because um, I definitely think that there's huge potential in that. And podcasts are awesome, but I think that they're probably um, not only podcasts will go away, but but I don't think the need for transcription will will stay around. Well, hopefully for a little while, because I like this podcast. But yeah, I, I happen to agree with you. <laughs> well, it, that's, it, the, what I'm saying is like the podcast will stick around, but you won't have to you won't have to transcribe it. Oh, that's cool. You mean they just it'll just know if, from audio. If it understands if the audio if the audio is understood right. well enough. So if you're a New Yorker who talks no too fast, to you're in pro, you're in trouble. Right. Right. Slow it down. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> as, as soon as we stop asking like the the voice device is stupid queries like what's my favorite color? Does not compute. Duh, of course not. I'm so smart. I stumped Google. Look at me. I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah. Do you play with the easter eggs when they come out like Yeah. Uh, could have asked uh, the the Amazon voice thing that's gonna talk I, to me. If I, I do I do that. Um, I do all the Google all the Google Doodle. You know, like your um the the, yeah. the spidget the spidget the the spinner widget thing. All these little mm-hmm. things. I, I don't know why I like them, but yeah, I like them yeah. because they're fun. Well, I mean, like uh, we we called the the Amazon thing Alex. Okay. When we're in house, um, and we don't want it. We oh, don't that's want smart. Talking to us, so. Um, at Halloween, you could ask Alex what um, Halloween costume you should wear. Nice. And it asked you a series of questions, and then it gave you an answer. <laughs> That's to awesome. What Halloween costume you should wear. It was pretty fun. It is pretty fun. And Google, and Google did the same thing. It, it, it's a lot of fun. Just it's, at a certain point, novelty is not what's going to drive voice search to, to the level of extremes that we are predicting in the SEO community. It's got to go past the novelty at some point. Right. But exactly. we're, not, we're not there yet. I think we're far away from that. Oh, we're very, far very away far from away. That. I I tried to ask my phone this morning what the weather was going to be, and it, and it says you have to log in for that. <laughs> really? It's like, open a shade. Stick your hand outside. You'll need to log in for that information. <laughs> That's very sensitive okay, information. I'm in my home location. The phone was just logged into the phone like 30 seconds ago. You know. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Exactly. Right. <laughs> okay, Jenny, thank you so much. We're out of time for today. I really appreciate you coming on. This was amazingly fun. We should do it again. This is so much fun. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. And we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast. It's a very hard line to walk. Google can be so good and so bad at the same time. Particularly if you're <laughs> local, you see this all the time, right? You, you tell right. people... Google is so advanced. There's so much machine learning. There's so much depth and qualitative understanding. And then the next end, you're like, yeah, but Google can't figure out spam in the local pack. You're like, yeah, that's weird. It is so hot or cold sometimes, Google. 
so advanced yet so basic at the same time, it's actually a little bit hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know. Something. You're the co-host of this show, and that's not my job. That's your job. I'm, ag- I'm agreeing with you. You are. This time. Oh, you're agreeing with you're, me. You I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm just not used to that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't don't get used to it. I, I'll try not to. I'll try not oh, yeah. to. I'll try not to. But, but you, we love you just the way you are, Sapir. Just like Mr. Rogers would say. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay. We got a lot to talk about with the news. There's a lot of news going on. So I can keep yapping away, but we should probably get into it. So, Sapir, could you and your non-Mr. Rogers self please hit it with the news? Causing chaos throughout the industry. Chaos. (laughs) Sorry. Google has stopped duplicating the URL shown within a featured snippet. Instead of the URL showing in the snippet and in the organic results, page one will only show the URL in the featured snippet itself. Oh, my God. This has been yeah. freaking insane. I don't know. Okay. We should yep. probably do a whole episode to this. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't want to start. Okay, let's start with this. One, <laughs> what do you consider the featured snippet now in terms of rain tracking? We're a rain tracker, so we should probably talk about this. Um, mm-hmm. Is it – Okay, wait, wait, slow down, Morty. Slow down, Morty. There's so much to talk about here. Google said that oh, we're gonna show we're gonna show the you. Okay, slow down, Morty. Brain's working too fast. Oh my god. Oh, breathe, Morty. I please. can't. I can't breathe. <laughs> I can't breathe. Okay. It used to be that your URL would be in the feature snippet, and it'd be somewhere in the top five results, more or less. Okay, the average we used to see was about two and a half. So between two or three, that's where Google – position two or three, that's where Google is pulling the snippet from. That's no longer. Google saying the only time you will see the URL on page one is inside the feature snippet. Then Google seemed to imply that, oh, we're automatically going to push it to position number 11, we'll call it, or the first result on page two. Then Google said, no, we're not officially putting it on the first result on page two. It could be anywhere, page two, page three, page four, whatever, just not page one. Turns out, by the way, and we, we've run through this, we have not found any featured snippet URL that used to rank organically on page one, not showing in the top result on page two, which brings up a whole you know question of manual manipulation of the SERP and all that yada, 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 yada. And that's a whole problem for Google. Then on top of that, okay, there's a whole, oh, but about my search console. No, search console should be fine. Because Google counts the feature snippet inside the, f- the search console reports, right? Your your performance reports. But but there's something called an explore panel. It looks like an, a, a feature snippet. It looks like a knowledge panel and appears on the right side of the page. Those, those are not tracked in search console the same way. So now you are seeing – now that used to be fine because you would show up in this panel on the right side of the page and the organic results. Okay, okay, okay. But now you don't show up on page one. So now what do you do? So now Google's saying we're going to move the Explorer panel featured snippet knowledge panel hybrid to, to the main column on the SERP, which is, by the way, going to push down organic results when they do that. Although you guess you get an organic result back on the SERP for the mere fact that you don't have the duplicate URL on page one. Fine. Now, on top of this, what do you consider the feature snippet URL when tracking rank? 
I mean, it, you, know, you, you could look at it as a featured snippet is a non-organic property. We are not going to track the, or, the, the rank of that URL organically. It's position zero. It's not position one. Which means then that the first time that you'll track your URL is when it's on page two or page three. So that looks like you're doing a terrible job of your reporting to your clients that way. Which is why, by the way, at Rank Ranger, we have said we are we have already made the change. Featured snippets are tracked as position one. So you get a featured snippet, your rank is number one, and of course we annotate that you got a featured snippet, and that's why you're position one versus a, a non-featured snippet position one ranking because CTR could be totally different, and you need to know this. So that, that's pretty much my summary of the insanity. I think what Google should have done here was you rank on page one inside the featured snippet, and that's it. Why push it to page two you know, unorganically, no pun intended? Why have it again on page three? I don't understand. Like, if it's page one content, it should be on page one. Why is it ranking on page three? Let's say it's not at the top of the page two SERP. It's on page three. Google randomly pushed it off page one onto page two, three, four, five, six. Why is it there? If it's page one content, it should be on page one. If you don't want duplicate content on page one, so just get rid of the URL. By Google doing this like weird, let's have our cake and needed two sort of thing. It's on page one. There's a feature snippet. It's on page three, four, five, six. As a non-feature snippet, organic URL, it's 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 setting itself up for disaster, in my opinion. Okay, that so that's all I have to say about 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 that. Thank you, Morty. You're welcome. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. I think okay. I mean, next we'll talk about why Google did this. Okay, fine. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, goodbye to datavocabulary.org. As of April 6, Google will, will not support structured uh, data markup from datavocabulary.org, meaning if you employ the markup and currently get rich results on the SERP for such pages, well, you will no longer. As of April 6. Right. Right, as of April 6. Not like today, as of April 6. Right. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. That's important. <laughs> okay. I'm a Mr. Rogers mood. Why thank you for sharing that? <laughs> Let's move on. Google will be removing its sponsored labels from the Google Flights feature. That's because Google will no longer take money from the airlines nor promote booking sites. So this is big news and it got lost in the feature snippet snafu. So when you uh, – right now. Okay, I don't think it, I don't think it went into effect yet. Maybe as this podcast gets released, it will be in effect. But as I'm recording this, if you go and Google like um, you know JFK to LAX, those are airports in America, um, you'll get a flights box, Google Flights, and it'll tell you all the different flights you can get. Blah 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 blah. It would say sponsored there because when Google, let's say you book with Delta through that box, Delta would pay Google a referral fee, and there'd be all sorts of in this box to be advertising from the uh, from the booking sites. Google's saying we're not taking any more sponsorships from this. Um, it's, we're taking the sponsor labels out because of this. I, I, my only question is, what is the next revenue model for Google Flights? Because it's not like, oh, we're making it totally, you know, we're totally organic. We're not taking any money off. You know, they're going to make money off this thing. I think, by the way, from what I can tell, that most airlines didn't participate in the referral program. And why should they, I guess? So I think Google realized that we need a different model to make money here. So I don't think it's about mm. Google being altruistic like Mr. Rogers would be. I think it's about <laughs> Google just saying we need to find a better way to make money here. Right. Okay. Okay. Google has said that they will continue to experiment with the use of, uh, with the use of Favicons on the desktop SERP. 
many users are now seeing the mobile SERP format on desktop, save for the favicons. Right. So you have your your colorless ad label, and then you have the favicons, and you have the 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 black URL, not the green URL on top of the results. That's what the desktop SERP looks like. It mimics the mobile SERP. You may have started to notice that Google's taking the favicons off. So it's kept the colorless ad label. It's kept the smaller um, colorless URL and so forth. But the favicons are gone. Google said we're going to experiment with this. It, it, what they said was, oh, well, we had a wonderful response on mobile when we did this. And desktop too, uh, there's been wonderful feedback, whatever it is. But it seemed to imply that maybe not all the feedback um, was good. And that makes sense to me because I said last week, even though I called them by the wrong name, the desktop SERP looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. It doesn't work. Last week, I called him Jason Pollock, which I don't know why I did that because I actually like him and had a picture of him in my office, not him, of his art in my office for a long time. Anyway, um, I I think that you're going to end up without the favicons on, on on desktop. Can I tell you, by the way, I'm sorry to ramble on this. I saw okay. I saw an example that Search Engine Land posted. I forgot what the yeah. query was, but it had the AT&T symbol. It had the Verizon symbol, whatever it was. It looked like, you know, like in hockey, the boards, or in baseball, the back wall, whatever sport you or, – or in soccer, you know, the out-of-bounds surrounding little wall they have there that's filled with sponsorships. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. That's what the SERP looks like. As sponsored by AT&T, as sponsored by Verizon. It has a really bad feel to it. Anyway, I'm done rambling about this. Thank you. Yes. So, Sapir, thank you so much for the news. That was You're very welcome. enlightening, very awesome, yeah. very wonderful. Yeah. Did it. As usual. My, yes, as usual, I'm in Mr. Rogers' mood. Um, we <laughs> really appreciate your your wonderful sharing of your knowledge, and we appreciate oh, you just as who you are. Um, which brings us now yeah. to, and I should have asked a Mr. Rogers question for this. Nuts, I screwed it up. Okay. This brings us to our fun SEO send-off question. <laughs> And I should have asked a Mr. Rogers question, but you would have known the answer anyway. But we'll go with your question, which was? What? I'm rambling. Uh, Just ignore it. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> Take it so, away, Sapir. Take it away. This week, we're asking. Not we, you. <laughs> okay, I'm asking. Mm -hmm. Let's be accurate. <laughs> what is Google's favorite chocolate bar? That's actually a good question. <laughs> is it? Does it have to be chocolate? Can it be a candy bar? Does it have to be chocolate? Yeah, yeah whatever. It could be whatever. Oh, look, oh, you're not so you're not so strict about the, uh, the rules here. <laughs> yeah, tell us your answer, please. This is a Mister Rogers episode. Please, please tell me your answer. <laughs> I'd be happy to share my thoughts with you and the audience. I'm gonna go with payday. For those of you who don't know this, it's a peanut butter and caramel and nougat. I think. It's very delicious. It's very tasty. It's very peanutty, and it's called Payday because Google has changed the desktop SERP so that it becomes Payday for it. So you click on the ads because the ads look more organic. So Payday, wow, that's Payday. Such a good answer. That's a good. I know. That's why they pay me to do this. Right. <laughs> and what is your answer? Please. I have no answer. Oh no. <laughs> This is the Mr. Rogers episode. Please share. Please share your thoughts with us. We would be so upset if we didn't get your thoughts and feelings on this question. You are our friend and neighbor. I think your answer is enough. 
uh, you know. Okay, Mr. Rogers aside, <laughs> you couldn't think of a freaking chocolate bar, candy bar to answer the question with? <laughs> I, I, there are not I enough can. varieties. Like, you know, I, you, I, on the spot, there right? Are, you can say Snickers because Google satisfies your search hunger. Or whatchamacallit. Because I'm not sure I got the right results. Whatchamacallit. I could keep going. Should I keep going? <laughs> How yes, about Kit Kat? As in, hey, Google, give me a break with these results. <laughs> You couldn't think of one chocolate bar? You had one job. You had one job to think of an answer to this question. I came up with the question, okay? You couldn't even... I did. Dear audience, we apologize for Sapir's utter laziness in not thinking of a chocolate bar. I'm sorry. I'll go back to Mr. Rogers. We appreciate your question, and, and we respect the fact that you didn't give an answer. Right. Thank right. You. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and that'll do it for us at the In Search SEO Podcast. Do not forget next Tuesday, an all new episode of the In Search SEO Podcast. It's been in search because we're all in search of something. Of something. Like Mr. Rogers. Bye. Bye.